coming up on this episode of Crime Family. So after calling her friends who also didn't know where she was, David then went outside and he was concerned when he saw a small step stool underneath Skylar's bedroom window and the screen of the window was missing. Did somebody break into her bedroom window and kidnap her or did she maybe sneak out on her own? So because Rachel Schof and Sheila Eddy were so close to Skylar, rumors started to go around that the two girls might be covering for Skylar and they must have some idea about what happened. Yeah, and they were super smart about it because they got their story kind of like exactly the way they wanted it so that, you know, they weren't going to get tripped up that way. So it does definitely feel like they were planning on keeping this a secret for the long haul. Not only does it look like kind of a quasi-confession, but she's putting this out there online for the world to see. In hindsight, knowing the details of it, it's very clear that this is kind of a reference to Skylar's death. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Crime Family. I'm your co-host, AJ, and I'm here with my two sisters, Stephanie and Katie, just like always. And this is actually our last episode before our two-part season three finale. Um, So I can't believe that we're here at the season three finale already. It's been such a great season, and so I'm excited. And this is a really good case, I felt, to kind of right before our finale. And this is a case that I have known about for a while Um, And it always kind of stuck out to me as a memorable one because of the seemingly bizarre, unexpected nature of it and also how random it kind of all seems. And in fact, actually, what's really creepy is this wasn't planned, but we're actually going to be releasing this episode on July 6th of 2022. And that is exactly 10 years since the events of this case took place. They took place on July 6th, 2012. Which is super weird, and I didn't, like I said, I didn't plan it, but when I started to do research on it, it was very eerie that it actually is going to be the 10-year anniversary um, when this episode comes out. So, yeah. It's the, this is the Skylar Niece case, and I'm just going to get right into it. So, Skylar Niece was a 16-year-old girl living with her two parents, Mary and David, in Star City, West Virginia, back in July of 2012. And her mother, Mary, was an administrative assistant in a medical clinic, and her father was a product assembler at Walmart. And Skylar was born in 1996 and was David and Mary's only child. And by all appearances, Skylar was just the typical teenage girl. She liked pretty much all the things that typical girls her age did, and she would spend lots of time with her friends. Um, there was one friend, Morgan Lawrence, who was actually one of the first friends that she had ever made when she was a child and was one of her best friends. The two were often called sisters, and the two girls' families were very, very close. So Morgan and Skylar, like I said, were very close, 
you know, in elementary school, junior high, but the girls did kind of drift apart a little bit once they entered their freshman year at University High School in Morgantown, West Virginia. So they interview Morgan in an episode of Dateline about this case, and Morgan says that uh, Skylar kind of started hanging out with a different group of friends uh, once they entered high school, and she didn't really approve of um, some of the friends that she was hanging out with. So two friends in particular that Skylar started to get close to was Sheila Eddy and Rachel Schof. And these two kind of took Skylar under their wing and the three of them became inseparable. And Morgan says uh, with Dateline that she didn't really approve of Skylar and Sheila's friendship because she knew that Sheila kind of hung out with a different crowd and had a lot of older friends that she didn't think would be good for Skylar and she just didn't really want Skylar going down that path so she was always a little bit wary of Sheila and other friends um, of Skylar say that she was always with these two girls with Rachel and Sheila and the three of them were known as the three musketeers so there is a Dr. Phil episode on this case now I just have to preface it with saying I don't like the Dr. Phil show I don't I have many issues with Dr. Phil but um, I felt like because he interviews Skylar's family and a lot of people who are sort of close to Skylar and stuff like that so and they do kind of give some information that I feel like is really important to the story so that's why I am going to be using some of the information from the Dr. Phil episode when I talk about this case Um, so I just wanted to preface it with that (laughs) with that being said so according to a Dr. Phil episode on this case um, he does speak with Skylar's parents um, and they kind of give a little bit more context into the nature of Skylar's relationship and friendship with Sheila and Rachel but they say that uh, she knew Sheila since she was about eight years old and Rachel Schof was kind of a newer friend and Skylar's parents didn't know nearly as much about her as they did about Sheila. And Skylar did have a part-time job. She worked at Wendy's and, you know, this job, school and hanging out with her new friends, Sheila and Rachel, kind of took pretty much all of her time during the school year. So she was kind of, those were the three things that she was sort of always kind of kept her busy. Um, And on Thursday, July 5th of 2012, Skylar worked an evening shift at Wendy's and returned home later that night and got ready for bed. And her parents recount uh, this in the Dateline episode. And she told both her parents she loved them and then headed off to bed for the night. And it was the next day when her father, David, returned to the house around lunch hour. And she wasn't home, as he anticipated. So he called his wife, Mary, see if she knew where Skylar was. But Mary just assumed that she left in the morning to go hang out with her friends. Because it was the summer, you know, she didn't have to go to school. So she thought maybe she just went to hang hang out with friends so after calling her friends who also didn't know where she was david then went outside and he was concerned when he saw a small step stool underneath skylar's bedroom window and the screen of the window was missing so he was obviously this was obviously very concerning but her parents didn't necessarily consider her missing at this point but naturally you would just start thinking like did somebody break into her bedroom window and kidnap her um or did she maybe sneak out on her own but for whatever reason, there was a step stool underneath the window and the screen was missing. So somebody did go in or out through that window. And Skylar's parents knew that 
she had a scheduled shift at Wendy's at 4 p.m. that afternoon. So their plan was they were just going to wait until 4 and they were going to call the restaurant shortly after that to see if Skylar had showed up for work. So that was kind of their game plan. However, they did begin to panic because it was actually the restaurant that called them first shortly after 4 p.m. asking where Skylar was because she didn't show up for work. And this is when they really start to panic. And this began the official search for Skylar niece because the fact that she wouldn't show up for Wendy's, which is a job that she loved and wasn't in contact with anyone that day was very alarming and unlike her. So it was not long after this call from Wendy's that they actually got another phone call from Sheila Eddy. And she told Mary that she had to come forward with the truth. She admitted to Mary that Skylar did sneak out of the house in the middle of the night last night to meet her and Rachel. But this was not the first time this happened. So the three girls had actually snuck out before and they were once caught out past the town's curfew and then they were brought back home. So sneaking out wasn't out of the realm of possibility because her parents knew that she had done it before. But Sheila says that this time they snuck out, they went for a joyride and smoked a little bit of pot. And then she and Rachel dropped Skylar off at the end of the street so that Skylar's parents wouldn't hear the car pulling up near the house. So she says that they just dropped her off and they just drove off. And that was the last time they saw Skylar, which was around midnight. And after being told this, her parents finally called 911 and reported Skylar missing. And this was their worst fear crossing their mind because after Sheila told them this, they thought that the worst had happened and that Skylar was abducted between the end of the street and the house. So just in that few minute time window between when the girls dropped her off and when she would have gotten home was when she feared somebody had grabbed her or something. There was surveillance footage of the area that was obtained by police of the niece's apartment building and it captures the moment that Skylar sneaks out and gets into the back seat of a white vehicle. However, the timestamp on the video is between 12 and 12.30 a.m. So I didn't get an exact time. There was no source I saw that said an exact time, but um, Skylar's mother says that it was between 12 and 12.30 was the window. On this video, you can see this white vehicle pulling up a little bit across the street, but still within view. And minutes later, you see Skylar running across the parking lot and getting into the car. She gets into the back seat of the vehicle. But it kind of doesn't line up because if Skylar was dropped off by the two girls around midnight at the end of the street, how can the surveillance footage show Skylar sneaking out and getting into a car a half an hour later? So immediately there are some questions that come up. So either the timestamp on the surveillance footage was wrong, which is possible. Either Sheila was lying or was mistaken about the time that they picked, she picked up Skylar or Perhaps this person in this vehicle is someone else and maybe Skylar snuck out twice that night. So like maybe she did go out once with Sheila and Rachel then they dropped her off and then she snuck out again around 1230 to meet this other person. But the footage is very grainy and the police cannot make out a license plate. So they don't really have much to go on. All that they really had to go on was the fact that Sheila and Rachel dropped Skylar off at midnight and then Skylar's seen sneaking out a half an hour later. So once news of the disappearance got out, tips came swarming in from all around the country because it was kind of pretty high profile at the time and she was considered a missing person. And all of these tips ended up being dead ends. So Officer Jessica Colbank was on the case from the beginning and 
was scouring through Skylar's records and found that she wasn't using her ATM card or her cell phone since she went missing. And for someone who was a runaway, this is very unlikely. So quickly, the idea that Skylar may have intentionally run away was not really a factor in the investigation um, because obviously she would have used those things. Um, and also they say that she had contacts and glasses and she never took those either. Um, which would probably be something she would need. So police were very sure that Skylar was met with foul play by someone, possibly by the person in that white vehicle that was seen in the surveillance footage. As things go in small towns, rumors started running rampant about what could have happened to Skylar. So according to that episode of Dateline, there were a series of bank robberies in a neighboring town that happened around the same time as Skylar's disappearance. So throughout the high school, there was this rumor that Skylar was at a party with the alleged bank robbers and that's she overdosed on drugs and the people at the party hid her body out of fear of being implicated. There's nothing substantial to back this up other than the town's rumor mill, um, but it was really the only semblance of a lead that the police had early on in the case. So you know how little, you know how small towns are and high school students are. So, you know, because there was those, I think it was just two or maybe three robberies in that neighboring town around the same time, people were like, oh, maybe it's involved. And when people don't have anything to go on, they can they kind of grasp at anything they can, you know, grasp at. Because I guess even an unlikely scenario is still better than the unknown. So even if you, you know, no one likes the unknown and not knowing what happened. So if people feel like they kind of have some idea, even if it's ridiculous, they'll kind of cling on to it, I feel. So because Rachel Schof and Sheila Eddy were so close to Skylar, rumors started to go around as well at the school that two girls might be covering for Skylar. And they must have some idea about what happened. I mean, if Skylar was involved in some sketchy activity or was hanging out with some nefarious people, like surely her two closest friends would have to know something, right? I mean, if they're really inseparable, as everyone says that they were, they would probably be two of the best sources or information, you know, if she, that they might know something. Skylar might have mentioned something to them about people she was hanging out with or plans that she had. So um, people kind of thought that maybe they did know a little bit more than they were initially saying. Um, and then when the students returned to school in the fall, Skylar had already been missing for nearly two months and there was no significant leads in the case at all. And Daniel, he's a classmate of Skylar's and they interview him in the Dateline episode as well. And he became suspicious that the two girls might know more information that they were admitting to either covering for Skylar herself or for someone else. And it wasn't that he or the other students at the school necessarily thought that the two girls were the ones responsible. It's just that they thought that maybe they may have withheld some information out of fear that it would land them in more trouble. So they chose to keep quiet about where Skylar might be. You know, maybe they knew Skylar was hanging out with someone and they dropped her off and they knew she was meeting up with this other person, but for some reason didn't want to come forward out of fear that's what this other person could do or something you know like that's kind of what they were thinking they weren't necessarily thinking that it was the two girls that were involved but maybe that they just knew something that they weren't saying it wasn't long before the fbi started poking around the school and asking students questions about skylar's disappearance and two people that they did ask questions to were rachel and sheila so one thing that the detectives noticed was that the two girls' stories never varied. They told the same consistent and realistic story of their night with Skylar. And if you listen to just their stories, it makes perfect sense. But once the investigators started kind of mapping out their story and then comparing it to 
some evidence that they already had, there were a few inconsistencies. So for one, there was convenience store surveillance footage that showed the girls heading west, not east, as they had both claimed. And Rachel's cell phone pinged on a cell phone tower in Blacksville, which was a neighboring town. And that was the town that had the series of bank robberies around the same time. And their story had always been that they kind of drove around, but that they had gone in a different direction. And if they had gone, if they had gone east, like they said, that they would not have driven through Blacksville um, because that would have been west of the route that they said that they took. So already there was kind of some inconsistencies in their story. After months of their consistent story, so like I said, the FBI were interviewing many people and the girls, and they always had the same story and it never wavered. But after months of this consistent story, Rachel did finally start to crack, and she eventually did admit to going to Blacksville that night. Um, But she said that Skylar asked the two girls to let her out in Blacksville, and not down the street from her house, as they originally said. And so... If that story was true and she was in Blacksville, then that puts her in the same town that those robberies happened. And that would kind of be in line with that rumor that she was at a house party with these bank robbers and that maybe something happened to her at the house party. Them dropping her off at Blacksville, I guess, kind of goes in line with sort of those rumors that were going around. But then what about the fact that Skylar is seen on her apartment building security footage leaving her house at 1230? So did the girls just have their timing wrong? Maybe they picked her up at 1230 instead of dropping her off at 12. One thing that the the investigators mentioned in this Dateline episode was that the day after Rachel admitted to dropping Skylar off in Blacksville, Sheila's story changed to match, which investigators say was a red flag. As the weeks dragged on, the pressure mounted for the two girls. And like I said, rumors were circulating. Uh, you know, there was lots of lots of different stories going on and people were kind of becoming more and more suspicious and the FBI continued to ask questions around the school and on December 28th 2012 so this would have been five months after Skylar went missing it seems that the pressure was just too much for Rachel to take and she snapped so on this day the police receive a frantic 911 call from Rachel Shove's mother saying that Rachel's out of control and she's quote hitting us she's screaming she's running through the neighborhood End quote. And you can clearly hear Rachel in the background of the call, frantically screaming. She's clearly in the midst of a full-on outburst or breakdown. And there are some people who are on the Dr. Phil show that he interviews, like neighbors who say that Rachel tried to hit her mother over the head with like a lit candelabra and eventually locked herself in her room saying that she wanted to die. Um, So as a result, Rachel was taken to a mental health facility for observation, and she was there for a few days. And it was soon after this that she asked if she could meet with investigators and that she needed to tell them something. And it was in this meeting on January 3rd, 2013, that Rachel admitted for the first time to being involved in what happened to Skylar. And she said, quote, we stabbed her, end quote. And as the story unravels, the true depravity of Skylar's killing is revealed. So before I go a little bit further into like the details, you guys have any thoughts so far? I was just like thinking like as you were reading this case, like it all came back to me. I remember watching like the news about this case and thinking to myself, how could these friends just be so cruel to to Skylar, like for no good reason? 
as you I mean you'll, you'll get into like the case the case further but like I was just watching this and I'm like wow these girls are very vindictive yeah I'm not familiar with this case so I'm intrigued to see where it goes but I'm just very surprised that they're able to hold it together for as long as they did because I feel like months of FBI agents questioning you would be like enough I mean they she did crack but I feel like even just a couple days of FBI people questioning you would be enough for you to crack so the fact that they went months is you know kind of impressive yeah i was thinking that too because sometimes people can't even handle you know one fbi interview um or police interview not even fbi before they kind of give in so to speak so it is kind of crazy um that they did kind of go this long yeah and they were super smart about it because they got their story kind of like exactly the way they wanted it so that you know they weren't going to get tripped up that way so it does definitely feel like they were planning on keeping this a secret for the long haul for sure yeah and like you said six months or five months or whatever it was is a long time to kind of keep this sort of secret especially considering how severe the secret was um but yes it's on january 3rd of 2013 that rachel kind of admits for the first time that she and sheila were involved and she does say quote we stabbed her end quote this is kind of the information they gather from rachel's confession and then other sort of parts of the investigation but sheila and rachel planned to kill skylar for months before it happened and they both decided that the night of july 5th would be the night that they would do it and in an interview with dateline a police investigator says that rachel outlined the details of the planning and the killing in her initial interview where she confesses and this includes obtaining the shovel earlier that day from her father's house says quote putting it in sheila's trunk they brought the clean clothes cleaning supplies and according to rachel sheila had provided the kitchen knives end quote as it turns out it was sheila's car in the surveillance footage that the police saw and their whole story of dropping her off at midnight down the street was just a total lie it was just kind of another detail in their intricate story to kind of try to throw police off of their trail so the girls drove around for nearly an hour and they did drive through blacksville because that's why rachel's cell phone pinged off the tower there but they didn't drop skylar off in blacksville like they later said instead they took her out to a dark wooded area down some winding dirt roads and cornered her rachel claims that they counted to three and on three the two girls started stabbing skylar repeatedly and Skylar's father, Dave, recalls in that Dr. Phil interview that Rachel kind of says at some point during all this that Skylar did manage to get the knife away from Rachel at one point and then stabbed Rachel in the leg with it. Um, Rachel says that she stopped the attack after this happened, but Sheila was the one who kept going and finished it off. The two girls allegedly admitted that after 50 stabs, they stopped counting. The girls hit a major artery early on in the attack and Skylar bled out. And Rachel says that Skylar's last words were, why? And the girls admitted that they tried to dig a hole for the body, but the ground was too hard. So they just covered her in leaves and branches next to a log. Instead, when Skylar's body was covered, they changed out of their bloody clothes and into the clean clothes that they had brought. They wrapped up the kitchen knives they used and took Skylar's purse with them. The investigator recalls on the Dateline episode as well that Rachel admitted in this interview that the murder was, quote, something she wanted to get done before she went to church camp, end quote. So 
I just wonder, like, how could somebody just kill one of their best friends so callously, plan it for so long, and then just so, you know, just admit and say they just wanted to get it done before church camp? Like, to me, that's crazy. And a family friend says um, that the day after the murder, she actually spent a day on the family boat with Rachel, and she didn't act any different at all. Like, there was no signs, and this would have been just 12 hours after she just brutally murdered her best friend, but this family friend says like you wouldn't even think it based on the way she was acting like we spent the day together she was totally normal and so the fact that somebody could kill their best friend and then 12 hours later spend a nice day on a boat and not have any sort of you know behavior changes is kind of pretty indicative i feel of who rachel is as a person i feel which is a super creepy yeah i feel like she's definitely a sociopath and i guess I'm surprised when you told me kind of like they had planned it all out, even though I'm kind of not surprised by the way they had planned what their story was afterwards. But it just seems like crazy for kids that young to do something like that and plan it out so carefully. It's nuts. I know. I think one of the most shocking parts, other than the fact that they did it, was that they did plan it for months. So, you know, there's like there's a lot of moments in that time frame to back out of it or to reconsider what you're going to do. But the fact that they actually stuck with it and did it months later and like they were that determined to do it, which just seems crazy to me that they're, you know, only young, 16, 17, like it's crazy that they could be capable of something like that. Yeah. I was thinking it was going to be an accident and then they kind of panicked and covered it up, but it's, it's really crazy that they planned it for so long. I I just don't understand why, like, were they jealous of of her or were they or it's just because they're just like case of sociopaths and they just wanted to just to kill to see what it was like which is a sad part but like to me that's when i first was watching this case develop or whatever back when it happened i'm just like why they were super close friends i don't understand how somebody could just do that i get a little bit into the why of it just a little bit later but Oh, yeah. And the fact that Rachel, like, she full on admitted it in this interview. It's not like she came up with an initial story of like, oh, well, it was an accident. And then this is what happened. And then later, like, changed her story. It's like she pretty much came out with it. Her first admission was the full story, which is which is crazy. Because usually you would see like, okay, she's going to be like a kind of like a half measure. You'd think, like, okay, I'm going to admit to like it being an accident. So then it's like there's some sort of you're not going right for like the first degree murder charge or something but the fact that she kind of came out with it not right away but like the first admission or the first story she gives initially in this in in this confession is like the full story or a big part of it at least there is a neighbor of rachel's as well that says that the fbi did come around quite a bit with search warrants like during the initial investigation and they eventually did come across her diary and there's an entry dated the day after the murder and in this rachel writes something to the effect of quote god help me what happened last night is between you and i please forgive me for all these lies etc so that's pretty you know implicating as well that's literally the day after the murder and she's kind of writing that in her journal although that is technically circumstantial because i don't know if she actually full-on says what it was but she's alluding to something pretty major having happened so as for the why, which was last, I'm so sad, but unfortunately, Skylar's last words were why. Um, the why is equally as perplexing, I feel. Um, Rachel would only say to investigators, 
at that time that they just didn't like Skylar, but that's all that she would say. And there are several cell phone videos of the three girls together laughing, very clearly acting like best friends. So I just question like were Rachel and Sheila just pretending to like her this whole time just so that they could gain her trust and then just murder her in cold blood. Like I always wonder if that was the intention from the very beginning, if they were just evil and wanted to do that, or if it was later on something happened that kind of turned them against her. Um, it's just so confusing to me, their motivation. Um, but Rachel did lead police out to the body after this confession, which was in a wooded area just over the Pennsylvania border. And the, remains that were found were later positively identified as Skylar's remains. So like this would have been, you know, six, six or so months after she was killed. So the remains were probably decomposed by then, but they were identified as Skylar's. And there's an interesting detail in all of this that I kind of found kind of shocking. And it's that the police did not arrest Rachel immediately upon finding Skylar's body. So police detective Ronnie Gaskin says that because Rachel had lied so many times before, there was nothing to say that she wasn't lying this time, and that corroborating her story was the next step before an arrest could be made. Because that was in the Dateline episode when he says that, and the interviewer was kind of asking him, like, why wasn't she arrested? Like, she literally confessed to a murder and then led you to the body. And he said, well, we have to corroborate that because she's lied before, so how do we know this is real? But I mean, like, she's leading you to a body of a murder she just admitted to. Which is like pretty damning evidence. I feel like it's crazy that they don't arrest her right then and there. Um, yeah, I feel like people have been arrested for a lot less. Yeah, they're literally not coming to you with a full detailed story and the location of the body. And they still get arrested. So the fact that they had more than enough to to arrest her <laughs> and didn't. And so this is when, so because they didn't arrest her, they decide that they're going to kind of do an undercover sort of sting operation next. So in this undercover operation, the police decided to use Rachel in order to coax a confession out of Sheila. So they set up a scenario where Rachel would invite Sheila over to her house and try to get Sheila to incriminate herself in Skylar's death. And there's hidden cameras that were installed in the home that captured every moment of this encounter. But Unfortunately, no confession came. There was no direct mention of Skylar's death by Sheila. So when this didn't work, the FBI gained a warrant for Sheila's house instead, where they seized every kitchen knife and Sheila's car. And inside Sheila's car trunk, they did collect DNA samples that were then sent for forensic testing. So one thing that did come up a lot in the Dr. Phil episode was that throughout the entire investigation and the memorial service, and everything that they had for Skylar, Sheila always seemed very distraught. Her friend said that she seemed very upset at the loss of her best friend and was tweeting things out constantly, such as, quote, worst day of my life, and, quote, rest easy, Skylar, you'll always be my best friend. I miss you more than you could ever know, end quote. And David and Mary even recall a day when Sheila came over to their house and asked to go to Skylar's room. She sat on the bed with Mary and cried and would say things. This is when Skylar was still missing. Like this would have been really soon after, like probably the day of or the next day. Um, they say, how could she do this to us? I'm her best friend. Why doesn't she call me? So all of that seems to be like a total act when you know that Sheila not only committed the murder herself, but planned it for months leading up to it alongside Rachel and attempted to cover it up for months. So just so crazy i keep coming back to like how can a teenager be so evil to just do that to her best friend for no reason it seems totally random and an act of someone who's totally evil for sure 
What is still shocking is that by April of 2013, so this would have been nearly four months after Rachel confessed, she and Sheila are still free. There's no criminal charges that are against them. They're just kind of outliving their regular lives. It seems very strange for someone to admit to a murder and lead you to the body, and then they still aren't arrested. In fact, they seem to be living carefree lives, according to their social media accounts. And they were always posting on social media. Rachel posted one time saying, I need a mimosa or 10. Just kind of like living typical teenager lives, as if nothing was wrong. Um, And there is an eerie tweet that was put out by Sheila on March 31st, 2013, saying, quote, we really did go on three, end quote. And this seems like a direct reference to the fact that she and Rachel counted to three before stabbing Skylar to death that night. Because remember, I said that that's what Rachel's story was, that they counted to three, and then on three they went. So not only does it look like kind of a quasi-confession from Sheila, but she's putting this out there online for the world to see. So it's not like she's trying to... I mean, it's ominous, and no one would really know what that meant. But in hindsight, knowing the details of it, it's very clear that this is kind of like a reference to Skylar's death. And this is in March 2013, so this is after the FBI has been asking questions and all that suspicions around them. So it seems very odd that she would put that tweet out kind of while all of that's happening. Like, it's very bold of her, for sure. And also just... She just seems... Yeah, and she also seems very narcissistic. Like, even going to the whole planning thing, like, she said they hated Skylar, and just for them to think that they you know have the right to kill her just because they don't like her or it almost seems to me like it could be something petty like i don't know some guy liked skylar and they were jealous so they decided to kill her and like that is how narcissistic they are because like they have to have their way they have to be right and sheila just seems the way she's acting and pretending she doesn't know and then yeah almost she almost feels like she got away with it by posting like it just seems like she's super just typical narcissistic behavior yeah, it's so, it's definitely narcissism and like sociopath behavior. And it's just like, I can't even understand why someone would even think, but I guess you said like narcissism, like why you would even think that you could put something like that out there, knowing there's all this suspicion. And then you're going to still tweet that out, knowing that people who are suspicious of you are going to see that and are going to infer what it means. Like if you don't like somebody, don't be friends with them. Like, just go the other way. I know. If they, if, if they hated her so much, then why be friends with her? Like, I don't understand. And that's also, too, what I don't really understand. Because, like I said before, I couldn't figure out if it was, like, their plan all along to do this. Because they were just that evil. Or if it was something specific that happened that kind of turned them against her later on. Um, there's a little bit more of an answer a little bit later that I'll get into. Um, or, like, kind of a theory that's kind of out there. But the... The DNA results from Sheila's trunk that the FBI took did come back in April 2013 and were confirmed to have belonged to Skylar. And this kind of finally gave the police the smoking gun that they needed. They knew that there was Skylar's DNA in the trunk of that car. Um, And on May 1st, 2013, Rachel pled guilty to second degree murder. And that same day that Rachel pled guilty, the police went and apprehended Sheila and charged her with first-degree murder. Um, just Sheila was out for for dinner with her mother at the Cracker Barrel restaurant when the police or the FBI came and arrested her. So just an interesting detail. But the 
And according to Dateline, Rachel pled guilty to the lesser charge of second-degree murder um, because of her cooperation with the police earlier in the investigation. So I guess that was kind of their deal. They say if you help us out, you can plead to, you can get second-degree. Um, but Sheila was given the heavier charges of first-degree murder, which kind of paints her as the aggressor, and then Rachel as someone who might have just been coaxed into it by Sheila. So there was kind of that debate of like who out of the two girls was the aggressor, so to speak. Um, and it's kind of crazy that Rachel could even plead guilty to second-degree murder. Like, she literally admitted to planning it out for months, which is the exact opposite of second-degree murder. Um, so it's crazy that they still allowed her to do that. But I guess if they had a deal with her that she helped them, that they had to allow that. But Sheila's cousin, Chrissy Swanson, says on Dr. Phil that she believes Rachel was the mastermind behind it all because she says that Rachel was, quote, creepy. And she told Sheila that she never wanted to be around Rachel. And she just kind of gave an overall creepy vibe. Um, Sheila and Chrissy were very close. So Chrissy's adamant that Sheila would not be capable of masterminding the murder or, or, you know, it's not in line with the person that she knew her whole life. Um, She also says... to dr phil that she and this episode of dr phil is from like 2014 so this would have been like right after the trials and all that stuff happened so it's still like eight years ago now but she says that she had written back and forth to sheila since her arrest but not once did sheila ever mention the case mention anything about what happened it's almost as almost as if she was trying to detach herself from it all so it's also a very awkward small talk with someone like how are you not going to talk about that it's literally like the elephant in the room so do you guys have any like kind of thoughts maybe about who you think might have been the aggressor versus who was kind of maybe just sort of i mean they're both obviously guilty if they both did it and they both knowingly did it and planned it but do you sort of have an opinion of who may have been the initial instigator i think first of all i think it's crazy that even just one person would do this but then if you come up with this idea and then bring it forward to your best friend and they're like, yeah, let's do it. That's kind of crazy that both of them are doing it to find two people that are willing. That's nuts. Um, I think that it might be Sheila that is the aggressor because she didn't like, I don't think she had any plans to come forward. She didn't break like Rachel did. Maybe Rachel actually had some sort of conscience and, you know, was actually maybe feeling a little bit of guilt whereas Sheila didn't feel anything. I'm the opposite. I feel like Rachel was the one behind the whole plan, and the reason why she cracked was because she just couldn't handle, like, she just couldn't handle them knowing the truth. Oh, she needed to tell the truth of what really happened. I feel like Sheila was just there to help her. So I feel like Rachel is the one who planned it out and went and was the one who came up with the plan and the one who asked Sheila to help so interesting yeah i kind of am more leaning towards that it was sheila for sure um i guess we'll never know but i guess looking back it's probably sheila's biggest mistake was that she did have if she was the aggressor that she had rachel help because if it was just sheila who did it on her own then it might never have been discovered right because the only thing that really led to this was rachel's confession because she had that breakdown right so and that's kind of what got the ball rolling and all this other evidence so i feel like Sheila could have gotten away with it, could have gotten away with it if it was just her on her own. But the fact that she included another person in it, because yeah, like Katie, you said, Rachel was the one who broke. Sheila didn't say anything and probably wouldn't have. And I just kind of get from researching this case and stuff, like I get the sense that it was more Sheila 
if I had to guess, obviously we'll never really know, but I just feel like Sheila was the much more calculated, um, cold and sort of kind of person. I mean, obviously they're both pretty fucked up for doing it because they were both involved. So, and then during like the lengthy investigations and the court proceedings and everything, the truth did kind of come to light a little bit by witnesses and students at the school. So these students kind of say that they could sort of see Sheila and Rachel kind of turning on Skylar. You know, they would rant about how much they didn't like her to other friends. And there's one friend in Dateline episode who kind of recounts an interaction that she had with Rachel. And Rachel says, quote, I wouldn't mind if she died, end quote. So all these comments were dismissed as kind of jokes and, you know, throwaway comments, you know, just teenagers saying crazy things. No one knew, obviously, that it was actually going to come to fruition by these same girls only months later. So it's very easy for these people to just kind of dismiss it as nothing. But it's crazy that it actually did turn into something. And there was one video that was found on a cell phone. Um, This was taken about six months before Skylar's death. But it's very creepy in retrospect, but it shows the three girls, they're like playing this game, talking about ways in which they would like to die. So it's kind of one of those like, would you rather games? So they're saying, you know, would you rather suffocate or get shot, etc. So Sheila's asking these questions and then it's Rachel and Skylar that are answering. They're saying, oh, I'd rather get shot than suffocated. It's just really creepy to listen to it um, in retrospect, knowing were they like were they playing this game to get an idea from Skylar of like how they were gonna do it or something? Like it's kind of a really weird game to be playing. Um very creepy. Nothing like concrete ever did come out about the motive behind Skylar's death. Although the Dateline episode on this case does suggest that there were rumors at the school going around that Rachel and Sheila were involved in like a sexual relationship with each other and that Skylar found out about it and the two of them decided to kill her in order to keep this a secret. And I remember when I watched the Dateline episode recently, like for this, for research for this case, it's mentioned very briefly in the Dateline episode, just kind of a couple of minutes saying like, oh, this could potentially be something, but it was kind of just stopped there. And I just thought this is stupid. And it's just like high school drama and rumors. Like everyone needs to add a little bit of, you know, salacious details to everything. Right. So I didn't really think much of it, but it was watching the Dr. Phil episode. So they actually have Skylar's friend Shania on that episode. And she says that Skylar actually told her that Rachel and Sheila had sex with each other one night while they were drinking at Rachel's house and that Skylar witnessed it. And then Skylar's mother also confirms on the Dr. Phil show that she read a journal entry written by Skylar that tells that same story. So she knew that this friend Shania was being honest about that because she also read it in Skylar's diary. So then when I read that or watched that, I was like, okay, well, there's a little bit more something substantial to this rumor. Maybe it's not just a rumor. Obviously, if Skylar's writing it in her journal, like obviously, why would she write that if it didn't happen in her journal? So now I'm definitely thinking that is something that did happen. There's like nothing else other than this to back up that theory. Again, it's just sort of rumors and other than that diary entry, but... It's the only semblance of an answer that we have as to why they did it, other than just the cold, like, we didn't want to be friends with her anymore excuse that the girls gave. Because they've always just said, well, we didn't like her, we didn't want to be friends with her anymore, so we killed her. Which seems obviously super drastic, But so it's just crazy. But I'm thinking, like, there's a little bit more truth to maybe that rumor, 
considering what I saw on the Dr. Phil show. And I know, like I like I said, speaking of salacious details, I feel like Dr. F- Dr. Phil adds salacious details to everything and sensationalizes everything for ratings. So I always hate to kind of use his episodes as any sort of, you know, concrete anything. But I think the fact that it was, you know, Skylar's own family and friends that were on the show and Skylar's mother saying that she read that in Skylar's journal, like... You know, that's the only thing that made me kind of bring it up because otherwise it would have been like Dr. Phil is just trying to create some sort of drama. Did you guys have any like thoughts about that? Or I mean, I'm assuming you guys probably obviously would believe what they're saying. I feel like it kind of does make sense because now they kind of have this relationship that's deeper than just friendship. And so if you kind of have that those feelings for someone, then it almost makes it more likely that you would do something like this with them or for them if one of them wanted to do it so it kind of does make sense yeah and yeah i actually never thought of that angle too it's like they were kind of in that deeper relationship which would make it easier for rachel to agree to that if sheila mentioned or vice versa which i never really thought of it from that angle but yeah i mean and obviously like if they're 16 and 17 and you have the secret and you don't want anyone to know and then like this one person knows you're gonna do anything but to me it's kind of weird because it's like they did it while Skylar was there (laughs) like you know what I mean like they weren't trying to hide it from Skylar and then she found out it's like they knew that they were letting Skylar in on that secret and then like later decided that they wanted to kill her like maybe Skylar went and threatened them like maybe they got in a fight and Skylar threatened that she was gonna tell someone or something and then that's why they killed her which still is obviously hugely drastic but yeah um or, or maybe, you know, they wanted Skylar to be a part of it, too, and she wasn't having any of it, and that they were embarrassed, and their narcissism again, like, she rejected them. That could be something as well. But yeah, I think because of the fact that if they were kind of maybe even in love with each other, it does it makes it more likely that they would, you know, do something like this for each other. Yeah. And yeah, that totally makes sense because otherwise you'd think like why wouldn't they just go to the police and be like this girl just asked me to kill someone obviously i'm not going to do that um but i guess you're young and you don't have i guess i don't know you don't think like that or i don't know you're more susceptible and gullible but so there was um like this anonymous source that came forward um to somebody on the dr phil show and they like disguise his voice um when they play the video but apparently this anonymous source comes forward and says like oh yeah skylar told me or I heard through the grapevine that Skylar like videotaped Rachel and Sheila having sex and there was like a sex tape that she threatened to release or something and Skylar's parents just like it's kind of funny because it seems like they're kind of calling <laughs> calling Dr. Phil out they're like that's ridiculous like just drama like basically saying like stop trying to <laughs> sensationalize this but um because that was definitely the vibes I was getting it's like okay this is like ridiculous and obviously not legitimate but he like played it on the show as if it was something substantial and it was just stupid. I mean, it definitely does seem plausible that Skylar did know something like if Sheila and Rachel were in some type of intimate relationship and Skylar found out about it, like that would be a little bit more remotive. Obviously it doesn't make sense to any of us. And obviously it's crazy, but um, sometimes people are just don't have the foresight and they're just, you know, killing someone that doesn't seem as bad as the secret getting out. Um, And it was decided that both girls would be, tried as adults even though they were minors at the time of the murder and then in january 2014 sheila pled guilty to 
the first degree murder charge. She was given a life sentence with an option for parole in 15 years, which would put her earliest release in 2029. And as I said before, Rachel did plead guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to 30 years in prison with parole after 10 years. So as a result, Rachel could hypothetically get out as early as 2024. And also in the Dateline episode, there's like a therapist that visits Rachel in prison since her conviction. And she tells Dateline that every day Rachel expresses sincere remorse for her actions and knows that her actions were wrong. And then on the flip side, others have said that Sheila has not expressed any remorse for her actions. Um, also, I feel like it's a super like conflict of interest and bad for the therapist to go on national TV and <laughs> say what her client is telling her. But anyway, and as a result of this case, there is Skyler's law that had been that has been implemented in West Virginia, and this is a law that requires an Amber Alert to be released immediately. So there's these like four criteria that need to be met in order for an alert to be released. But this Skylar's law would require that an Amber Alert be released even if all four of these criteria are not met. And it is, even if it's suspected that the child just ran away on their own, like it's kind of, it's law now that there has to be an Amber Alert. Um, in this case, obviously there wasn't an Amber Alert that was issued um, because the criteria were not met and 48 hours must pass before an alert is issued. But now that's changed. So at least that's one silver lining from this tragic case unfortunately it took skylar dying for that to happen but you know if we're looking forward at least it's something positive that came out of it in west virginia anyway but yeah that's the the case there that's the skylar niece case um did you guys have any final thoughts or like what are your overall feelings yeah i'm glad that that 48 hour rule is gone because i can't imagine being a parent and your child is missing and you have to sit around for two days before you can alert the public that seems nuts so that's good um and also i feel like 10 years definitely is not enough so hopefully she does not get out in 10 years um i think we talked about this before i don't know what is enough but uh, you know 10 is not so hopefully you know 30 years i feel like is more appropriate for sure yeah and i don't know like she's obviously eligible for parole in 10 years so who knows if she'll even meet that criteria but it's crazy to think in 10 years because like i said this happened well it happened in 2012 but the trial was 2014 so you know it's already been eight years she's been in prison so she could get out in two years hypothetically sheila would get out in potentially in 2029 um, which i think would be more scary for everyone but now that you mentioned like the when this the therapist came in to talk to them like um, I can kind of see now that maybe Sheila was behind the whole thing just because she doesn't show any remorse and that she's just like so cold inside where Rachel was like super like she was sorry for what she did and she kind of felt like guilty obviously she's guilty but she kind of just felt bad for going along with it so I kind of can see where Sheila would be the one to plan it and go ahead with it and then Rachel was just there for take along yeah and i feel like from my perspective like just watching some of the court footage and stuff like it seems like they both were very like tearful and cried like during the sentencing and stuff but to me it kind of seemed like sheila was just crying for herself like oh i'm crying because i have to go to prison for all this long whereas rachel seemed a little bit more sincere in terms of like oh i'm actually crying because i feel bad for what i did versus sheila just being like well oh shit now i'm in jail again that's just me that's not me being expert like body language expert so i don't know but i'm just saying like from watching it objectively i feel like that's kind of the vibe i got but yeah or rachel is just way more manipulative and is able to put on a show 
for people yeah. to think that she's has remorse when really she is doesn't at all but she, maybe she's just a that's better true. actress than sheila that's true that's true and obviously it's clear from the dr phil episode but they're skylar's parents that like they obviously have never for, not forgiven the two girls well back in 2014 anyway and are still extremely angry and very resentful obviously and something that's really sad too is that they talk a lot about they actually defended the two girls early on like during like when there was all that those rumors going around and the suspicion like because they were so close with sheila specifically sheila because they were so close with her and like they knew her so well because skylar was friends with her like they kind of supported her when all the rumors saying like don't let those rumors get you down like they really didn't think Scott, sheila had anything to do with it so their regret is that they like did that because there's some facebook posts where sheila writes some things and then you know skylar's parents comment saying like don't let that get you down like we're here for you if you need support and stuff so they they just feel really like gullible that sheila made them feel bad that they were being looked at when really they obviously they had good reason to be suspicious so it's really sad Uh, yeah that's super frustrating that adds like another layer of like i don't know deception and just shittiness so yeah i definitely wouldn't forgive them either yeah and they obviously who could forgive someone for doing that and especially because like like i said they'd spent so much of their time defending the same people who actually killed their daughter not knowing that they had done it at the time and the fact that it was sheila also what's interesting too is the fact that like sheila really was manipulative and going out of her way because she was the one who called her skylar's parents like right away admitting saying oh yeah we snuck out and then came up with the story of how they dropped her off so it's like she wasn't trying to i don't know i mean obviously she was hiding things but it's also that added layer of manipulative like i'm going to come forward and say it was something else just so like you know what i mean like she didn't have to come up with that at all like she could have just said nothing yeah well it seemed like it was so well planned they're like every little step they had planned out and there was a meaning behind it because right she, they didn't have to she didn't have to tell skylar's pa- parents but the fact that she did you know probably felt like it was helping her in their eyes and it you know did in the beginning so it, i feel like it's all very calculated yeah because i i just know for me like if i was trying to put myself in skylar's parents position like if you know your daughter's missing and then her best friend calls and says like okay i'm gonna come forward and say okay we did sneak out last night but this happened you'd be like okay like that would make me not think it they're involved because it's like i would just think why would they come out with that at all if they don't have to call me and tell me this you know so the fact that they did do that it was very calculated yeah it's like they're trying to help even though they're admitting that they did something wrong but they're still trying to help so yeah 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 it's it's just crazy and I just feel really bad for Skylar's parents and obviously and all of her friends and stuff. So it's just it's really sad that like two people who are so young could actually be capable of something like that. It's just very scary. I just hope that Rachel doesn't get out in two years from now because like who knows if maybe she is guilt. Like maybe she does feel bad for what she did. But like Katie said, she could be very manipulative. So I'll just be very concerned if she did get out in two years. Yeah. And there was almost a point to 
like during the Dr. Phil episode and everything where I was thinking like it almost doesn't even matter the why necessarily like there was so much time spent trying to figure out why they would do this because obviously you want to know what could make someone do this but at the end of the day it's like it doesn't even matter if one was the aggressor and one wasn't like they both did it and Skylar's dead as a result of it you know what I mean so it almost doesn't even matter who was more responsible than the other but it's still interesting to know those details and you want to know just naturally but it doesn't really matter yeah I feel like it doesn't matter either because like you had said before, they planned it for months and they could have backed out. Either one of them could have backed out at any time or told somebody about it and neither one of them did that. So I feel like they're equally as guilty regardless of who came up with the initial idea because they both carried it out. Yeah. And it's just crazy that, I mean, Rachel did get, like I say, Rachel got uh, second degree murder. Sheila got first degree when like clearly... Rachel should have gotten first degree as well because it's literally first degree like they planned it for months that's actually the the exact opposite of second degree I know it's crazy that she can get second degree even though it clearly wasn't it was first degree but I guess that's just how it works I know it's 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 wild but um and at the end of the day they didn't even need Rachel's I mean they didn't need Rachel's help like um, after her initial confession because like when she tried to do the sting operation to get Sheila to confess it didn't lead to anything because she didn't so like Rachel didn't actually help at all other than giving that initial confession but that wasn't even anything that was coaxed by the FBI she just came out herself and did that did that yeah I think like if you do in a lot of cases if you do kind of turn yourself in or come forward then they are more lenient it's just, like if you try and keep it a secret and hide everything forever it's when you're going to be in the most trouble usually so like yeah so rachel maybe knew that so that's why she kind of came forward this like another example of her manipulation yeah it's just really really scary at the end of the day because they're just so young and obviously it's really tragic for skylar because and her family and everything so it's just really sad but um that's the skylar niece case and uh we hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, you can follow us on all the social medias. We're at Crime Family Podcast on Instagram or at Crime Family Pod One on Twitter. And we are on Facebook at Crime Family Podcast. Uh, you can also check out our website, crimefamilypodcast.ca. Um, you can check out all, listen to all of our episodes there um, and all of that stuff. You can also send us an, an email, crimefamilypodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us a case suggestion or give us your feedback. Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, give us a review on Apple Podcasts because we love to get reviews and let people we want to hear what you think of the show. And um, yeah, next week is our big two-part season finale. So we are going to be doing another two-parter for the finale. So we're excited for that. So definitely tune in for that. And um, it's been a great season. We're almost at the end. So Thank you guys so much for listening and yeah, uh, we'll see you next week for our finale. So until then, take care. Bye. Bye.